Okay, welcome everyone. Good afternoon. Hopefully you can hear me okay. I'm Jack Chew. This is Chewing It Over. And Mondays and now Thursdays, fact check for that bottom corner that I keep forgetting to uh, change. We chew it over. We discuss with some of my favourite people usually. Um, sometimes I just ad lib and monologue, which you guys, of course, sometimes enjoy and sometimes just heckle and badger me. But more often than not these days, I uh, chat with some actual experts about various things. And we've got one of them today. I'm joined by Roger Kerry. Um, and hopefully, in a click of a couple of buttons, I'll bring him on screen. As ever, I'm always paranoid about the technology behaving itself. So please do let me know if you're live. Post and let me know whether you can hear me okay and whether that's working. Um, I've had a couple of little glitches recently whereby when I bring the guest on, you can hear them, you can hear me, but I can't hear them. And so I've had to refresh it. So if that happens, I will quickly refresh it and we'll sort it out. But uh, before I do that, of course, if you are tuning in live, then please do let me know if you can hear um, points and prizes for Michael Schumacher. Um, not the, we always have to clarify, don't we? Not the Michael Schumacher, unfortunately. Although I heard he's a massive fan. This is a different, this is an imposter. But yeah, thanks, that's all working. So let's uh, let's tell you about today's episode. Um, Roger Kerry posted a tweet, um, which we've got some graphics and we'll study these in a second, right? So we've got these, these things. He tweeted a, a proposed draft for a new undergraduate syllabus at the University of Nottingham's Physio School. And as is the spirit of him and that institution, um, as well as what a good public discussion would be is to then poke at that and work out what, what is uh, good and ill uh, of that suggestion. Uh, I will declare a bias. Uh, it is my, they call it an alma mater, don't they? That's posh Americanized, so to speak, from what I know. But I went to school there, and so I have uh, some skin in that game and, and care deeply about the organisation. Um, but it's a while since I've been there, um, and... Uh, also, um, I might visit some reflections on my schooling, perhaps in this conversation, but it is something that then is, is close to my heart. But I also really care deeply about uh, what that syllabus provision is across the, across the country and beyond, of course, as well. Like what are standards? What do we want? What is an entry level? What are the basic presets that we want to send people into a professional world in, in our profession? But also, how does that intersect with the industry at large in healthcare to raise those standards? So anyway, I've said enough. Thanks for those that are uh, that are tweeting, particularly now retired. Um, this is his old boss and uh, and, and Graham Pope. So in in the house, Luke Todd. As long as we can hear them, this is uh, so. This is this is uh, where I didn't explain the technology to Roger well enough. So Roger's just sent a private message to me saying hi, Graham, which is fun. Uh, so yeah, we'll have to uh, have to school Roger on where he needs to post where. But thank you for joining. Right, anyway, I'm over talking as as per usual. Let me click a couple of buttons, and uh, here is hopefully Roger Kerry. Roger, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah, I can. Oh, you see, this happened last time. Right, I can't hear Roger. If you can, then I'm sorry. I'm just going to refresh it. I will be back in two seconds. Don't Right. Now can I hear him? Can you hear me? Um, you clown, yeah. you did that on purpose, didn't you? Love that. <laughs> Love that little trick. And I, and I knew that would come from you. But yes, I can. <laughs> Don't worry on that side, though. You're going over there for a minute. 
Sorry about that. Okay, everyone should be able to hear us both, and I can now hear you, which is great. Thanks so much for for joining me. Can you just uh, set this? I'm I'm sure our audience know who you are, so you don't need to do that part of the intro. But do you mind just giving me the context and the circumstances of that tweet and and how we've ended up chatting today? Um, Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm not I'm not an expert. Not an expert in anything. Disagree. I can't even make a cup of tea properly. It's Um, all relative, mate. You're an expert compared to me. Remember, that's the (laughs) yeah. Yeah. You go on. so we are in a process of uh, it was a CSP reaccreditation. Our time for it seven years. I think we're beginning a bit longer because of COVID um, in September. And we thought it'd be a good opportunity, not just to to tidy up the course and get it ready for reaccreditation, but to redevelop and redesign. The curriculum and we got there was a bit of a push from the, the the sort of university who were pushing for modern contemporary curricula and stuff like this so we we just had to think about what what is what is physiotherapy what's a modern curriculum look like should look yeah. like <clears throat> and um and sort of roll from there it's all been very quick and it's all all been very sudden and urgent in some ways because of life and stuff like that um so it's changing it's changing day by day but but yeah so i we we had some stakeholder events and consultations but i thought what better place than to put something out on twitter as well and it has it has served an amazing purpose as always there's been some great feedback positive negative neutral and so jack thanks so much for arranging this because it is it's another opportunity to to for us to think about things a bit more this is all no problem. No problem. Yeah, I mean, yeah. whilst we do sometimes draw a, uh, a significant live audience across various different platforms, for those that are tuning in, they're coming in from various different places. Um, and so please do contribute live if you see fit. But as often happens, we get a spike at the end where people weigh in and we don't end up having enough time. But mainly what we try and use these for is then if we can refer people back to this and keep that conversation flowing, because we're not going to conclude anything today. We just want to beg the question as to what this looks like. And hopefully you guys can have a think and contribute uh, however you see fit, both publicly and privately. You can always email us info at physio-matters.com and we will forward on any feedback uh, over to to Roger and team. Um, But I want to start off really, if I can, with... The circumstances meant, as you've just described it, that you were going to look at this again. But there are some people that are, you know, by by temperament, they would say, you know, you you don't change what's working. You know, it's a a respected institution and it's producing good graduates. Leave it well alone. Um, So can we just start with that as to why we wouldn't just wash, rinse, repeat uh, as it has been um, and, and, and go from there? Yeah, absolutely. Because this is the biggest risk, and that is, that is absolutely true. And I'm not just saying this because uh, you know, I'm not just crowing or showboating, or saying this because I know I know Graham's here. But what you say is absolutely right. Why why change a winning formula? And we have been as a University of Nottingham physiotherapy program has has been a top performing physiotherapy program since it, since it very started since before league tables because it was so popular and then since league tables we've always been in the top top three ish um <coughs> in whatever table times the guardian um and and more recently firmly in the top three so and we you know we're, we're popular we get 
I don't know how many applicants per place, but a lot. We don't need to change anything in, in that respect. So that, that has been the biggest driver. And, you know, that's been down to the leadership of, of uh, and again, I'm not saying it because Graham's here. Graham led the course for, for a long while and, and sort of took an excellent course and made it stronger. And now, now we find ourselves in this position where um, we've, we've just flipped everything up. And it, it's an absolute valid question. Why, why change things? So without going into too much about the why, it is because healthcare is changing. The world's changing. Life's changing. People are changing. Robots are changing. Everything's changing. Um, and... Of course, everything always has changed, but we're, we're at a, we're, it seems to be we're at a point in, in the world, um, particularly with healthcare, where, where that is happening quicker, faster, more, more worrying, more uncertain. Um, we're, we live in a different world now. And by you and your sorry, we've got a slight delay, Roger. I'm, I'm a bugger for talking over people, but in this instance, I'm doing it accidentally as well. Um, the the um, the world is changing, partly informed by you and others. Um, I don't you you know I use the word evidence in its broadest form, but but the evidence in its broadest form is is changing and influencing us and what we're learning from. Um, both both data and experience of where our best intervention can be to help the health of the nation and beyond and, and the well-being of, of society at large as therapists is, is one of the things that changes. And therefore, that does naturally refine what is then taught at that entry point into a profession. And so it makes sense for it to change. How much so is where you end up it's a bit of a taste test, isn't it, really? And that's exactly what gets discussed. So can I just pull up this graphic that you shared on, on Twitter? Um, let me just make sure it's we can see all of it. Um, so hopefully you guys can see that. Sorry for those that do just tune in audio. Uh, we won't be able to describe it in full. But uh, hopefully you can see that, Roger. Can you um, just talk me through what I'm looking at here? Let's let's go from the top of the room. Yeah, so it's, sorry, it's a bit complicated. Try to do it as simply as possible. So down, down, going down, top to bottom is year one, year two, three. We have a three-year program, as are most programs in in England at least. <clears throat> and then, um, so so we've got sort of six. Uh, well, in the first year, we've got six six modules uh, in in each year. Five five in the third year, and so so. Our previous course would have looked at something like it would have been musculoskeletal, pathophysiology, um, the, the, obviously the CPD type stuff in there as well, and evidence-based practice. Then year two would be musculoskeletal, neurorehabilitation, cardiorespiratory. Um, so a, a typical program looking looking at um, uh, the types of, of, of physiotherapy that, that exist underpinned by evidence-based practice and, and professional yeah. development and then the usual stuff in the third the third year and I guess the, the key difference is we've it's it's uh, you know the, it, it, I keep saying oh look at this brand new shiny module it's the cake sliced in a different way sure. um so rather than teaching in terms of what we've traditionally, the, the, the traditional areas of practice of physiotherapy, we're trying to look at what is common among those, those things and, and sort of present the, 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 the learning experiences, you know, focus more on those fundamental common things that, that, 
that, that, that transcend different types of physiotherapy. So whether you work in mental health, paediatrics, musculoskeletal, there, there are things that underpin that. And the things like the functioning of the human, how to evaluate somebody's story and, and, and behaviour and uh, what are the principles of rehabilitation that would apply across the board and how do we think about those deeply and critically how does this play out in society and how can you be a leader and and sort of change things uh within yourself or within your peer group or within the the world um so <clears throat> and then as as the sort of t- as the years go on we get more uh, uh, we we never lose the person obviously the individual uh, mm. But we we think more about global health and health in society and the role that that uh, a therapist would 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 play uh, would play in that, um, and then so then you might say okay well where do you learn to do a grade three plus PA <laughs> on L four? <4? laughs> um, that was, that was my primary question. That was, <laughs> that was your primary question. Um, so within all those. Um, courses vertically running through those is uh, the idea is everything is case study driven so we we would have musculoskeletal cases neuro cardio respiratory mental health everything all different cases bubbling away and we just talk about uh you know okay so what what do you think about this what do you think how do you think somebody would function if they had this this condition what is this condition so um how, how does that apply to their position in society, right? It's, it's taken away this notion that people can sometimes end up being learnt about in a vacuum as if that then, that the interplay uh, as to how they interact with society and how society interacts with them and the challenges that that faces is going to affect their health bi-directionally. It, whereas I think that that's something that we've we've come to realize again as i said before the evidence in its broadest has, has informed us as to the fact that you know even if we could influence it and that's obviously contentious how l4 how how l3 moves on l4 is is unlikely to be as relevant as the circumstances that that human uh, in its complexity will interact with society in its complexity so i, I think one of the things that does concern some is that where where before it, it makes sense that these arbitrary uh, disciplines might be learnt about as systems and, and not necessarily how they interact with each other, say, you know, uh, disembodying cardiothoracics from its neurology or, or, or elsewhere, or, or MSK from its neurology. And I know you guys have the sense um, to always have it as neuromusculoskeletal, but even then it would just be like, how many uh, of yeah. those acronyms do we just aggregate? But there is a concern, though, that it ends up being too big picture. <clears throat> therapy relative to, and again, MSK hat on bias here, compared to chiropractic osteopathy sports rehabilitation, of which you have in school in school now, the argument is that physiotherapists are coming out a bit vague, not through any fault of theirs or the school, but because of that breadth. Therefore, is there a risk, and how do we mitigate that risk if you think there could be, to that specificity being learned that means that we could be at risk of being left behind. Yeah, so uh, uh, again, all these, uh, the, 
a great point, a great question, and a, a great constant worry for us as well. Because at the end of the day, we have got to produce, at the end of those three years, a, a, a therapist, a human who is highly employable in a competitive market. And, you know, the local trust or whatever trust isn't going to want to somebody to turn up and say, you know, I've got, I've got some grand ideas about uh, <coughs> global health and I can talk, talk to you about it. Um, they want a, somebody who can change a walking stick, Feral, and uh, do do the job. Of, do, you a, know. Yeah, do a competent lightman's. Yeah, absolutely. Use yeah. all the shortcomings of an RCT. Right? Yeah. We think they kind of need to do that as well. But but yeah, that's that's tough, isn't it? So doing the doing is, is something that you are going to be accountable. <clears throat> Yeah, it is. We've got to ensure that, you know, we've got to produce employable people with those skills. But the the, the mindset of the, that person would be, would we hope, would be different. They, they can take something at an individual level and do the job. Then they, then they can think about that, what that means for that person, for them, to the local community, to society. How can you upscale some of the good things that are happening in clinical practice in, in, in efficient, quick ways, not waiting for somebody else to, to, to do that. So we want, we like anybody, else, we, we want to develop leaders. We want to develop shop floor workers. We want to develop people who think they've got flexibility of mind, uh, resilience, uh, adaptability, um, th th that confidence uh, to, to, it's not just about challenging any, everything. We don't just want people to go and say, well, this is all wrong, I've, you know, I've got this critical mindset. This is all wrong. It's you, you know, it's working with the world, working with with people, with individuals, with systems, with communities to 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 navigate a really fast changing, complex, uncertain world. Um, and I can see some comments coming up. It is a lifelong learner, as Graham says, but, but a lifelong learner in in a contemporary sense. In a, in a in, in what. What is a difficult world, you know, a, a world that's only going to get more difficulty and then superimposing what the idea of physiotherapy is on, on top of that. Um, and, you know, may, maybe I've been influenced too much by the likes of Dave Nichols or, um, you know, Yost and uh, Richard with, with their thoughts. You, you know, but if you look, look at Dave's stuff about what what is... What can a robot do? And what, what can AI do in the next 20 years? It's going to leave us with very little. Um, what, is, what is the health, what is health burden? You know, if, if, if um, whatever, 60, 70% of the population have got a musculoskeletal condition at any one time, that's a lot of millions of people. We've got 40,000 physiotherapists. A physiotherapist seeing people on a one-to-one -one basis isn't going to make any impact on the burden of musculoskeletal disease. We can carry on doing what we've been doing since 100 years ago. We could carry on doing it for a 1,000 years, and it won't make any impact on the burden of musculoskeletal disease. The idea of the way physiotherapists work at the moment is not doing what physiotherapy in, intended to do, which is address the burden of, I'm using musculoskeletal as an example, but sure. any, any health condition. We work in a very inefficient, largely ineffective way. And, and that's got to change. That, that Society can't tolerate that. 
for, for, for much longer. We've got to look at new ways of engaging people back into society. Mm. And th those ways aren't necessarily going to be reliant on improving movement of L3. <laughs> I, um, I think one of the things that crops up a lot in our audience, um, and I understand why on a day-to-day -day level on said shop floor, intermittent encounters with new graduates and students, sometimes the thing that sort of lights the touch paper, even in our audience who do see the profession in its context and the wider um, health environment, obviously I'm potentially being too generous to our audience, but they've shown themselves to be you know, uh, critical thinkers, but not just blind contrarians for the sake of it, right? So it's it's this balance that we're trying to find where it's it, it's sceptical, but without being nihilistic. But I think that one of the things that does sort of like the touch paper, I was just going to say, is that when they encounter students and new graduates that have been taught, say, dated modalities and not dated modalities that might still have a place that's changed, but things or, or styles of logic um, narrow, say, by mechanical reasoning or um, manual therapy or other electrotherapeutic techniques that are to change a particular narrow physiological or anatomical um, um, issue or process. That's sometimes almost the lowest hanging fruit where they're just like, for God's sake, we need to move, move on with this. And whilst that isn't going to, you know, to just do away with is not going to necessarily be the answer, how might we make sure we, we encourage a, a nod to history and to phases and to you know, humbly acknowledging what where mistakes were made before, but also not then risk throwing the baby out with the bathwater and giving people tools and techniques and an understanding of what can alleviate symptoms or offer reassurance or to have the, and you've spoken well on this before, use the incredibly unique opportunity of laying hands in therapeutic touch how do we make sure we don't lose that just because mm -hmm. of the, the, the mistakes of the past mm. yeah it, this is just a half an hour isn't it why can't you have like a two a two day chewing it over session because this conversation could go on and that that is really good so you know let's take something like one of those modalities say manual therapy for example and again sorry for everybody about this being overly muscular skeletal but it could be anything so you take manual therapy and you don't want to throw it out so you've got to ask first of all what do you mean by it what is it you're throwing out is it the mode or is it <clears throat> what we what we constantly learn that the, the mode is is doing so you know our understanding of manual therapy now is different to 10 20 30 years ago um so we know that it's not you know doing anything structurally of any significance uh, but it is doing something because we can see in trials that, that, that it has an, as an effect and people do say I feel better so it, it's not necessarily the mode we want to worry about it's the it's 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 what the mode was was doing now if 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 manual therapy is doing something like whatever giving giving encouragement and giving confidence that their body can move and demonstrating something that that's what we don't want to throw throw out but then we need to think, so how can we do that at a, in a more efficient way? How can we give somebody confidence that they can move and un understand their body a bit more and, and uh, resolve some aberrant pain beliefs, uh, which, which the, you know, a good use of manual therapy could do? It doesn't need to be the, 
the thing we do it's 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 what's happening so we might then find a way of thinking actually you know we can do we can upscale this we can upscale what manual therapy offered the the things it does uh, without actually doing the, the the manual therapy we can tap into somebody's beliefs and understanding of pain uh, or whatever we, without in, in order to do that um we need to approach health as, as, as like you say uh, move away from from the way we've you, you know so all this is obviously wrapped in a biopsychosocial and even sort of wider health health context that lines to into international classification systems and and everything so we need to understand that health exists at individual societal community population levels and we, we and whoever we <coughs> we we see at an individual level we need to work out how that plays out at a greater level so it's not so worried about losing through modalities as such but you're right we certainly don't want to throw something out which then loses the real powerful stuff that that was in there and only time and research and good 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 research investigation can can do that um but i think the only the only mechanism really we have for that is is a a sensible and mature public dialogue about this that that recognizes that um, suite of opinions and to understand what what would a competent graduate look like and it would be someone that wasn't completely uh, without without uh, particular skills for particular circumstances but it also would be um, someone who's been given the critical thinking skills and the understanding of healthcare context as well as then human experience in such a way that they can then apply them in, in ways that aren't as, as, as reductive as we, we once had. And it's not easy, but I can see that logic flow through this. And I think that's one of the things that's interesting because these are just words, like one of the things that was yeah. quite amusing really is that people were reading, like I saw some of the, some of the tweets and I've, and I've had some of that feedback directly to us as well about, I was like, that's not on there. Like people, and it's good because that's what people do. They read between the lines, but they were putting themselves onto that and, and, and putting inference onto stuff that wasn't there. But what I can see flowing through this is that you know the the, the flow through of comprehending that case study based thinking would be applicable to each of those within uh, orthopedic context, neuro neurological context, mental health, um, as well as then all the other sub-disciplines is that the, the principal um, je ne sais quoi that is to be a physio, you can comprehend where that comes through. And, and even that's contentious. Graham brings a, a really nice point here, if, if we can go to it, please, Roger, um, in the time we've got. What is the profession USP, do you feel, uh, physiotherapy? It, do you know we, this <clears throat> that's the question we've been sort of talking about literally the last three or four weeks because we wanted to pin that onto our curriculum what what is it that separates us from uh you know osteopaths chiropractors sports rehabilitators medics um nurse practitioners um i, I don't i don't know i think this is a this is what we we need to be Seriously, I mean, we can we can look at the CSP website and stuff and say that that's what a physio does, but it doesn't differentiate us from anybody else, and, and therefore it's not a unique um, selling point. We need to offer something, um, and yeah, you know, I, 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 
as I say, you know, I, I looked at your video this this morning, Jack, and I caught the tail end. You're talking about sort of a new, you know, something new emerging from all of this, and, and, and maybe maybe it does. But it's got to be something that um, uh, has got that uh, capability uh, to ad address the important societal health health needs. Um, uh, and, and to do that in the, in the most... And that's what way. we're interested about this service. Roger's doing the plug for me, which is great. Um, <laughs> is that if you haven't seen the first episode of Physio Matters TV, which um, really does, does beg the question, what is the, what is the ultimate MSK service? I, we, we try to answer that over the course of 30 minutes studying what we feel is a really interesting blueprint uh, that might suggest that. And in it, we come to realise that there are some interesting distinctions, some of which we might we, we might be missing. But at the heart of it is what are the patient and community needs? And then we work back from there and we draw the professions that might have a different history but end up having a shared evidence base, a shared logic model, shared circumstance in society in terms of their recognition. You know, there's almost this wider social marketing circumstance as to what people know of a word and therefore a profession. And and this is is, is a funny circumstance we find ourselves in where if we are truly being person-centered, then these things do sometimes melt away. But we do end up having a legacy circumstance that accredits and, and, and develops safe regulatory competence of certain professions and professionals and so we can't ignore that either so it's like we, we are it's not as if um the that there is a, a quick answer uh, to to any of that uh, and that's why we've got to keep understanding and, and broadening the conversation so that we can come to that conclusion together because there's no one else going to do it it's not as if there's someone up high that's going to then um answer that for us we need to come to that as an appropriate sensible negotiation that then measures and tests itself constantly uh, which is you know of course I'm, I'm saying this off the back of, of learning from you and others that have spoken well on this in, in its bigger I'm just gonna if you've got a, unless you're rushing off Roger I'm just gonna have another few minutes if that's okay yeah that's great with me yeah yeah, yeah. fascinating uh, thank you so much for those that are that are commenting hi Glenn how are you doing um, I want to ask those of you that are tuning in live if I can I'm going to take some of that lower hanging fruit that I mentioned earlier and just ask you if I can to say what do you feel um, from your own studies or from what you've experienced from, from graduates uh, and students that you encounter as to what you feel would be wise to either remove or lean away from, let's say, or what you feel needs to be prioritised as a focal point within physiotherapy and the graduate education. If you don't mind, if you are tuning in live or even after the fact, of course, this is one of the questions that I want to ask you, then please do let me know, either post in the comments, we will still read them afterwards, or email info at physio-matters.com if you've got any comments in longer form afterwards. But I would love to get your thoughts on that like what needs to be leaned into and what needs to be lent away from i'm just going to pull this up roger because you sent it over to me and it's a uh, i was either going to start with it or, or, or come towards the end on it and i thought this was really interesting this is the bachelor of science honors physiotherapy mission statement for the university of nottingham at the university of nottingham we aim to produce highly employable physiotherapy graduates who provide health care for all our program develops independent critical thinkers and proactive influencers in a changing global landscape that I can see a really crisp line between that and this. And I I think there probably will have been an interim curriculum between my time, what was it, 12, 15 years ago, to now, you know, to this being proposed. However, I think that mission statement, I can recognize those principles in in this 
that's been proposed, even in its draft format, it's only a few words, but I can see that more than I can perhaps when I was do, when I was studying. But that's because in part, it was less known just how blurry the lines were between, say, disciplines, between sectors, between the application of techniques and interventions. And so I think this is a sensible response to what we've come to learn and that the questions that I then, I think everyone's going to have to beg is, does it step too far back and become too vague? That I think is the risk. I think that there's some of the particular, I think it was probably when I studied, I'd argue to some degree it was too particular. The causal inference to what we were doing uh, was too narrow. But then I do admit some nerves, even though it's to my disposition and temperament, I quite like it, blow the lines. But does it then end up being a bit too wishy-washy? Uh, I, I'll admit even I get I get nervous about. You're someone that... Uh, that I've never seen you step so far back away from a problem that you get nervous. So, so it's not your style. But do, do, do you think that, you know, do you ever have those feelings? And, and, and so what are your key thing, ways in which it might be mitigated? Yeah, every, every day of those cold sweats. But we've got to, again, it's a bit artificial. And like somebody tweeted, which is really good, it said it's all right putting that, that plan up, but what's under the bonnet? And, yeah. uh, you know, under the bonnet, there will be, you know, we want to produce people who can prescribe exercise better than the best exercise prescriber ever. ever. We want to produce people who can do judicious, really effective, re really positive manual therapy. Uh, we, we, we're going to ensure that there, there is still that specificity of, of, of doing the doing the job. <coughs> <clears throat> but in a in a context and in a mindset that that is 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 different to to I, I mean you you've done what you've done Jack and that's largely because that's you it's not it's not because of the education but you know if we could and again not being sycophantic here but if we could produce more people who've got the you know the the balls to to go out and change things in whatever way they 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 see fit. And imagine if you had all that that capacity, that leadership capacity. And imagine you could say, I mean, Graham's put um, a comment on there about the USPs, the breadth of where and how we support return to function. And that's great. And I think that that is bordering on our USPs. But if physiotherapy is so keen on, you know, we've sold ourselves to say, you know, experts in exercise and we want to get people moving. We've got to get people in society. Where were physiotherapists in park run? Why wasn't a, why didn't a physiotherapist invent park run? Yeah. You know that sh if you want to get a significant proportion of the population moving in a fairly quick way, moderate, vigorous exercise way, invent park run. And I've, um, I've, it's so funny because this is where I know my colleague Tom Flanagan, who's working on some public health interventions that are of a similar persuasion, inspired by Parkrun, or someone like Holly Colburn, who's doing Freehab now. I know that they are uh, of a similar mindset. I haven't answered that question, I'll be honest, and I just think that to some degree the inherent compliance or nature of how we fit quite narrowly into uh, the, the social and, and the healthcare world meant that I think entrepreneurship was always going to be likely to be um, a, a very secondary or tertiary thing uh, to anyone. Um, and that that was something that by disposition, that's sort of me, but it was going to be unlikely because of the way in which we, that our, our, our path 
There were there was there were a few paths, but there were paths. Um, what it produced, and I would say um, where I feel I had such a good grounding, and I'm excited for knowing. I'm excitedly excited to know that the university will continue on this. Is that you really did produce critical thinkers, clinical reasoning. That, that, reluctance to give us answers and, and give us a maybe and then explain as to why that might be different depending on the context and stuff that was baked in now granted at that time then there were um you, you, our understanding of interventions and our understanding of the uh, delineation between different disciplines to some degree was 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 more of it than it would be now but generally speaking i don't think i think that set the foundations for me to have the, the confidence to then go and be entrepreneurial within that knowing i'd got a good grounding knowing i've got a base competence there with regards to to how I might think about such things um, and certainly my clinical education and the way in which we were fortunate at the time to get that rounding baked in you know I, I encounter graduates that have had four very similar placements and, and I did I you know I didn't have that and I also had the fortune of sort of uh, being able to have a more MSK bias where I needed it but I think that that uh, that is a really interesting one is to what might that look like and what might we create in terms of initiating change Another thing I've just remembered, it's good here, this comment here from Cully, thank you for that. Uh, great to see leadership, including the first year of undergraduates, strong leaders and critical thinkers needed to progress the profession and change and challenge the status quo. I think that's there's something to, to do with that, isn't there? That, that oomph and, and, and that permission that is sometimes required by some that they don't necessarily need to comply narrowly. And this has been an interesting thing that I remember if anything was going to stop me bloody graduating back then, really, it was this notion of how narrowly defined professionalism might be or what that means as to just how much of yourself you need to tuck in in order to be appropriately professional. And I'm not pretending I've not rubbed up against that line and continued to. However, that is something that the culture, not just of the institution, but of the profession, needs to give some ground on that for there to be some flair of individuals and arguably of, of, of curricula in order to make those sorts of allowances. And I won't call you a maverick necessarily, but you are certainly someone that, that has, has carved out an identity that isn't, you know, a, a narrow and obvious path. How might we set the scene better for giving allowances for difference in a way that we maybe didn't before. If if at all, if you agree with half of my analysis there, I, I have gone off on yeah. about entrepreneurship a bit there. Yeah, yeah, I do, and I think the key thing you said there, Jack, was that this idea of of giving giving permission, not that it's our uh, any of our authority to give position, but I, I guess in the, in the structures we work in, we we, we, we maybe seen that, but allowing somebody to just just be themselves, you know. There is, there are professional parameters, of course there are, but like you say, they are changing, they will change. What, what was meant by professionalism 20 years ago is different now. And we've got to allow people to, I don't, <laughs> don't want to be too, too, uh, too bold here, but, you know, work towards the edges of those parameters and, and, that's it. That's the only way re real change is going to take place. But somebody's got to have that confidence that, again, that, that ability and the flexibility and the adaptability and the resilience to in, in order to do that. They've got to have that built in. And as you say, baked, baked in during that really formative years. You know, we're talking about the majority of people are going to be between 18 and 21. 
this is you know we we've got a responsibility to produce the right people um I know you keep sort of pointing to me towards this chat, but this isn't, you know, th this is the work of other pe other people. You, you know, this is a, t a team, team, complete team thing. Oh, I know. Everybody's. For those that don't know, yeah, th this is this is far too coherent <laughs> for me Rogers' work. So absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course it is. Alan Taylor, Paul <laughs> Hendry, all the team have, have been involved in this. That would have, if, if it was all on you, it'd have all sorts of lines. It's kind of a little drawing of, of, of you with a dog. And, and, be, and, it, and it wouldn't be there in a picture, would be playing you a song. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> so that's a good point, yeah. And, and you're right to, you're right to credit <clears throat> people that have contributed to it. Now, of course, we said at the start, and we will wrap up now because we're in overtime. Um, um, and I, I've actually got some work to do as much as I could talk about this forever because it's really fascinating. Is that this is all about trying to just get those conversations rolling? They always are, you know, but sometimes we need stuff like this little moments in time points in context in which we can then flag it and say, let's focus on this for a little bit and, and contribute um, your experiences. And and also, I want to say, that, 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 let me allow what it, with whatever authority I uh, sometimes have been, you know, is given to me by, by an audience we've created to say, please consider this permission for you to be brave as to say what your experiences have been, both as a student, as a new graduate, as an educator, as someone that is witnessing changes and trends both in the profession and in the uh, curricular and, and, and the con consequences on graduates. Like, please don't be shy to, to share that with us and know that that's going to be taken um, with an appropriate pinch of salt and, and brought across uh, a load of different opinions. And we need to therefore be forthcoming with this because the circumstances, sorry, the consequences of it are, are significant, right? What is it that we're trying to achieve? What are we trying to put through into this? Um, because if we don't have that conversation maturely, then it could all pass us by. We could be superseded. We could end up making some of the over-specificity or over-vague mistakes that we've kind of alluded to here. So therefore, why not contribute? And we want to make that as broad a conversation as, as we can and, and your, your voice will be heard. And so please do send that our way. However you can, reach out to, to Roger on Twitter. Roger, just give them your Twitter handle um, and where else they can find more about this. Uh, at Roger Kerry one and... Um... You, you can email me, you can just Google Google me, my email will come up or just message on, on Twitter. We are genuinely, on, on a more formal side, we are genuinely needing external input in, into this. So if you do have any comments at all, then, then please, please, please do just, just contact me or the team at, at Nottingham. Superb. Well, thanks a lot, mate. And thanks for going into overtime with me. Always fascinating. Oh, look at that. The banners are out. You're all out now. Placard next. I assume Roger's alluding to something else I wasn't going to plug, which is uh, which is that I am running for CSP Council, uh, and you will have got your ballot. So if you are a CSP member listening to this, then please do um, have a little look, have a little read, and uh, and invoke you. I don't know if you've seen Roger; you'd have enjoyed the slogan competition that occurred. Yeah, I just saw it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, choose two different filters. I've got all different filter effects. On. <laughs> Thanks a lot, mate. Appreciate it. And uh, choose, 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 choose. Thanks, you. thanks Jack. That okay, was man. great. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Thanks everyone. Thanks, Graham. See you. See you.